Hey yo, what's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Low High Trips and today we have a very special guest with us. Technically, approximately two and a half years in the making. You know, this collab has been a long time coming, 100% highly anticipated. Without further ado, welcome to the podcast East Clicks Sang. Hey guys, uh, th- thanks for having me. I'm actually excited. I mean, because we've been talking about this for ages now. Yeah. And 100%. like, I've actually been wanting to do this, but lockdown and stuff. Yeah, like we that. talked about doing a collab, uh, me on your yeah. YouTube channel and you on my podcast channel for the longest time. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely glad we're finally doing this. Hundred percent. Yeah. I've never been on the first podcast for me. Your first podcast? Yeah. How are you feeling right now? I don't know. I'm never. It feels weird because I'm. I guess we'll get into it a bit later, but like, because yeah. I like I make YouTube videos, right? Yeah. So I'm used to like seeing myself on camera. Okay. Where like I have to think about like how do I look visually, um, the frame, like what's in the setting, background, all that stuff, what the video idea is. But here's just very like chill. But then I have to focus more on the, the audio, I guess. Yeah. Where that wasn't like front and center. So right. It's a very different style. But I dig it though. Because I have a question for you as well. Because obviously mm. you make YouTube video, which has two components to it, right? Which is audio and video. Yeah. And for me, podcast is sort of like the simpler version of it. So right. I remove video, which is like a huge significant aspect of it, right? Yeah. Would you say you doing a podcast episode is quite natural considering that, you know, this is just you being on a YouTube video without a video aspect of it? Uh, it it's hard to say because um, with YouTube videos, I feel like it, it sounds pretty bad. Like it sounds like I'm slacking, but it feels like. I can give like, for example, 50% effort into the video, how that ends up, 50% effort into the audio yeah. and how that ends up. And that's my 100% effort right there. Yeah. Whereas with podcasts, I have to give 100% on the audio. And like, right. I guess because it's more like, because it's just audio, because we're just having a conversation, right? But like mm-hmm. back in my head, I'm probably subconscious, like how's my voice How's your voice sounding? Because like processing all these things. Yeah, because like you know, you when you hear yourself talk, you yeah. know, like the sound of your own voice. Yep, yep, yep. Now it's like one hundred percent that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's, it's interesting, um, but I don't know, yeah, I guess it's chill in a sense, but at the same time, it is because now I'm giving a hundred percent in audio, where I've never had to do that before. Mm. So still, 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 a bit. I don't want to say pressure or like nervousness, mm. but excitement. Yeah, yeah. Out, out of yeah. my comfort zone, we'll say that. Okay, but it, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I'm surprised because, uh, like I said, to me, I think like doing a YouTube video is 100% outside my comfort zone, mm. considering that I've only published like my voice. Meanwhile, yes. you've published your voice, and you know, there's a whole there's <laughs> there's no face review in the first place. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're stamped in every video. True. All 40 plus of it. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, 47. But yeah, dude, um, I guess I have just one really quick question as well, considering yeah. like, you know, this episode will be published closer to the end of the year. And as you know, you know, coming to December, 31st December, going to the new year, it's always mm. a time of reflection. What's some of the goals that you set up for this year that you have accomplished or you're currently working on still? Ooh. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked because for me, I've always been the type where it's like, Every time it gets closer to the end of the year, so pretty much now, um, like November, December-ish time, I'm always like in that self-reflective mode, I guess, where I'm always thinking like, oh, how did I go this year? What do I want to achieve next year? What didn't I achieve? Stuff like that. I think this year, I think I've, oh, it sounds so like 
flexing and like bragging but i feel like i've had a pretty solid year Same. like um like a few things like uh because i play like a lot of card games so i play like digimon and dragon ball card games like tcgs um and i've been focusing more on the competing side so like on tournaments and stuff like that whereas prior years like i've never had i just played for fun like with mates mm. but this is the first year where it's like i've actually like competed um so i think with both card games as well I felt like I've performed quite well throughout the year, which I'm happy with because it's like doing something I wanted to do as a child, right? Like, you know, when you watch Yu-Gi-Oh, you see like Yu-Gi going to the tournaments, he's like winning it all there. It's like, you want to do that? It's like, now I'm doing that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I did like a banking course earlier this year. Sick. Yeah, passed that, got my certificate. So that was really good. Um, And yeah, I feel like I'm a lot more... I don't know, hard to say, like, grounded, I guess. Like, I know what I want to do in life. And, like, I I, I guess I have more of my footing with everything. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm pretty happy with everything. Would you say, like, you have more clarity over your future or your future direction? Yeah. going to from here on? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I'm a very, like, time-based or, like, deadline-ish person. So it's like, like, I've just turned 28, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. The next, like, quote unquote milestone is like 30 right like mm-hmm. 30 is like the big year for me so i'm like okay cool that's only two years away for me um so i got like all these things like uh like i feel like i've laid down the foundation for what i need to do when i hit my 30s i'm pretty good like i'm set so i'm glad like i've figured that stuff out now like even though it's only two years away and some people might think it's like oh it's a bit short notice but I'm glad I got there now rather than like too late. Right. Yeah. Well, what are some of the sort of like foundation that you have to set to be prepared for your 30s then? I be feel like, for that, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I feel like I know what I want to do in terms of like hobbies, uh, career focus. Like I know role, not exactly what type of job I want, but I know what jobs I don't want. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, or well, if I know what I don't want, I can look for jobs that it's, I guess it's a, that thing of like process of elimination, right? Yeah. hundred percent. You take out all the stuff you don't want. That will leave you with the options. Yep. It's probably best for you or what you do want, even though you weren't exactly looking out for it. Yeah. Um, so that, um, and with my financial situation, it's not the best, but cause it's like, I guess it's one of those things as well where, um, and I could be waffling a little bit, but you know how like in school, there's always that question of like, oh, where do you self, where do you see yourself in five years or ten years? It's like too far away for anyone to know. But now it's like, where do I see myself in two years? That's short enough where it's like I can actually like kind of map it out. So it's like, oh, okay, I know I want to save up for a house, or like, um, I know where my family, where they will be, because I have a younger brother as well, so I know how his trajectory will look like. Um, so I can kind of account for that or plan for that when I'm like, yeah, again, like saving up for a house or like where my, I guess net worth, I don't know if that's yeah. the right word, like, like clearing out my debt, stuff like that. Like I know where I'll be there. Um, like how much, what my salary will look like as okay. well. Like projected salary. Like, of course, mm. like if I get this job, I'll earn X amount. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just being as close as I am to my thirties, I've better understanding on what the next two years will look like. Whereas like, 
if you talk to me like when I was 23, for example, I'm like, that's seven years away. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think like when I was a bit younger, which is like low 20s, mm. right? I always try to project my future quite far ahead, like five, 10, 20 years ahead. Dang. And I always try to like plan for it. Um, I think I live in the future a lot in the sense that <laughs> I'm not trying to be like, yeah, I'm Kanye, you know, I'm from the future <laughs> and stuff. But what I'm trying to say is that I typically plan really long term. But I realized that those long-term plans are always being reviewed after several years. Because mm. like you said, you know, you can't really project or predict what will happen in the next five to 10 years. Like I can plan, you know, my next five to 10 years right now, but sometimes I might not even be in the same country. Yeah. You know, like yeah. for example, I'm in Melbourne right now. Like if you ask me what, five, 10 years ago, no idea. Absolutely no clue. I wouldn't have any pathway that i'll be going to australia at all but right now you know who knows yeah and how long have you been here again? i've years. been here for like half a decade i know it's crazy it's a it's a big part of my adulthood i'll say yeah yeah i feel like melbourne's where i really discover my personal identity because mm. you know away from your home country away from your family so it really does feel like yeah you just get to know yourself better Get yeah. to understand what you want, what you don't want in life. Yeah, this I guess it's a very, you know, that kind of journey. Yeah, self discovery journey sounds so hippie, but it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, see, that's the thing as well. It's like, yeah, as you mentioned, like if someone asks you where you would be back in high school, you wouldn't expect to be here now. Yeah, right? definitely not. Yeah. So, yeah, just willing back. It's like because thirty for me is like my deadline. I've better understanding it's a lot easier to see rather than like in high school if you ask me where i'm at when i'm 30 mm. i have no clue it sounds like you really have a a lot of uh what do you call it structured pathway to your 30s yes. based on what you're saying it sounds like you have a, a full ass plan for it would you say so yeah I, i'd have i definitely have a better idea on what i want and what my like if i had to guess what my trajectory will look like yeah I can see it more clearly. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. more clarity. Based on how I'm going, yeah. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. There's more data right now and everything. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, if you don't mind me, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit as well as we were talking about 2022 goals. Yes. And you mentioned with your TCG, you've been performing quite solid as well. Yeah. So I think that's very interesting because, uh, I don't know, I was previously uh, quite involved in trading card games, uh, specifically Pokemon. Right. I was very invested in Pokemon for a bit. You know, I joined a couple of like local competitions, but very local. It's like just in some rundown shopping malls. <laughs> <laughs> but just curious, like what has the sort of like, I know you do join tournaments here and there, right? Tony's mm. here and there. And not sure if you're comfortable with me sharing this, but yeah. I know you'll be traveling to a different state yeah. in the upcoming month to compete. And what's one of the biggest lessons would you say that you have learned from, you know, picking this tcg's up oh oh i never thought about that i guess like oh is it something i kind of knew but i didn't think it would be because it's like in the state right i didn't think it would be like like australia wide um that yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh, that the scene like we we call it the scenes are pretty much like the community who plays right um we're the age demographic. As crazy as enough. Because, like, usually when you say, like, TCGs, right, card games, everyone, like, 
for those who don't play, the typical stereotype is like, oh, it's a children's card game. No, I think hundred percent and yeah, to like, cardio off there as well. Like no absolute zero offense. Like it's just out of pure ignorance. Mm-hmm. I genuinely thought the demographic would be like teenagers to like young adults. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the term like children's card game gets thrown a lot, like thrown around a lot. Um, but just by competing and stuff, like, because I, I knew in the Melbourne scene, we're like the, the age demographic, like 20s. That's interesting. Yeah, like low 20s to like high 20s, right? Um, I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a Melbourne thing, maybe. I don't know or the timing on when I go to these tournaments. Like, I don't know, maybe high schoolers just choose not to go because mm. they just hang out with their mates or whatever. Um, but yeah, when I started competing in the state, I'm like, like I fit in with everyone. Like there's no high schoolers or anything or like there's no like primary school kids, right? Who's like playing these card games. These are like if I don't want to say like an e-sport, but it kind of feels like a low-key sport where like these guys are like adults competing at like the highest level, which mm. is great. Like I don't want to sound like it's a huge deal, but like when I say highest level, it's like these guys are like they actually like full dedicate their days to this. Like they study this. Yeah, you know, Monday to Friday, they're thinking about this after work, during work. Uh, like, this is their days. And, like, with card games, you know, at least with the card games I play, at least, um, there wasn't a huge, like, cash prizing or anything. But you can earn a fair bit just for, like, a fun hobby. Like, end of the day, right? It's just a fun hobby. You hang out with friends, have a good time. So something that's a fun hobby, you can earn quite a bit. Mm. Like, um, one of my mates, I won't say who it is. Yeah. <laughs> For protection wise, um, in the recent event, there was like a event where it's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like a weekend thing. He competed in all three days. It's crazy. So, because you have to pay entry for these things, right? Entry. How long did they last though? Per day. Oh, the guy is crazy. He, Half day. He, nah, he did like a full day, like a like a full time job type thing. Jesus. Like a eight hours plus. Ooh. Yeah, each day three days, right? Um, so he competed in all. Entry-wise, I think it was like maybe 300 and something just to like enter, like total, yeah. And then the guy like topped all the events. Mm. Um, he sent me a photo of his prizing. And first glance, like SMA value, it's at least five five figures. Oh, Jesus. And that's just card values, right? So mm. like if he sold the cards that he won. Right. Because like when you win uh, card game tournaments, they'll give you like special cards that you can only get from tournaments. the tournaments, yeah. yeah. Like, you have to rank pretty high yeah. to get those cards. Promo cards, right? They're called? Yeah, yeah, like, right? yeah. yeah like promo cards. Because um, you can't get them elsewhere. You have to, like, do well in the tournaments, right? Yeah. Um, so he, he kills it. He's, like, one of the best players I know. So he sent me a photo. It's a easy 10,000. At least. At least. Mm-hmm. Like, if you sold everything, easy five figures, and all he had to pay was like probably 300 bucks. So he, he made like bank off it. Mm. So like for something that's like you're just playing cards with your mates, fun hobby. Like obviously you're not only like, like you can live off this yeah. and quit your job Full-time time. Job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's the thing where it's like if you ever had a parent, like usually with Asian parents, right? Mm. Like, oh, why are you playing games? It doesn't do anything. Like study, like that's mm. how you get money, right? So, well, this, something that's fun and casual, you can still kind of make money off it. Mm. Yeah, so. It's like a side hustle. 
Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's something I learned where it was like, like this is more competitive than I thought it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, based on like what you're sharing as well, it sounds like it's quite financially taxing to be mm. committed to a trading card game. Yes. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I stopped uh, as a child. Um, and it makes sense as well now you mentioned the demographic because you yeah. do need money to be competitive. Yes. Like you can't be like a 15-year-old child and you're just like the best in the world and who's going to sponsor you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But all right, curious, all right, very curious. Mm. So you did earlier mention about you have these uh, sort of like goals when you are 30 years old, right? Yes. And obviously with TCGs being quite financially demanding, how do you see these two sort of like aspects of your life playing out? Like, especially oh. when it cross paths. Oh, so, <laughs> it, like, I hate saying this line because it's very cliche, but it's interesting that you ask. <laughs> Putting um, you on a spot there. <laughs> yeah, because, no, um, so the reason why this year for me, goal-wise, is like competing a lot. Because at the start of the year, I was like, this is probably my final year just playing card games. I'll probably quit at the end of the year. Um, Cause I'm like, yo, by end of the year, like end of this year, 2022, right? I'm two years away from being 30. I'm nowhere close to like being able to buy my own house type thing. Cause in my head, I have just that thing where it's like 30, you should be able to buy a house or like, not that you should buy a house, but you should be in a position where if you want to, you can. Mm. And I'm nowhere near close. Whereas like I spent like the past 20 years playing card games. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, damn, I, it's hard to say. Um, but I feel like in everyone's point in life, you know, when you hit that stage where it's like, yo, I should be like a quote unquote adult. Like I should focus on like the adult side first. Mm. Um, of course you can always reel back to like the fun stuff, the hobby side. Right. But I think I was too focused on like the fun stuff where it's like, now I should like buckle down and like, focus on like the serious financial stuff um so that's why i was like damn i'm like two years away that's not much time to save up for because this housing here is like expensive it's crazy yeah. um property so i'm like damn i should probably quit so i can save up a lot because i know i'm the type where it's like and my friends told me it's like oh you know you can still play but you, you don't have to buy the new cards or whatever, but you still can play with us. But knowing me, the type of person, even though I say like, oh yeah, I won't buy the new stuff. I'll just play with my old stuff and keep playing. Mm. I'll be tempted. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll release some crazy cool new products like collectors, right. uh, collectors thing. I'm like, I have to get it. Yeah. At that point, it's just down the rabbit hole again. Um, so I thought like, oh, maybe... I Because I'm the type where I have to go cold turkey. Cold turkey or nothing, right? Yeah. Um, when I'm like quitting stuff. So it's like damn, I might have to like quit this, focus the next two years, just full grinding, earning cash, saving up. I don't say like having no life because it sounds bad, but like mm -hmm. pretty much just full focusing on that. Okay. And yeah, I would have to quit card games because it is financially taxing. Yeah. Because um, oh, as bad as it sounds, like it doesn't really go anywhere, right? I mean, of course you can compete. Uh, you can compete and a bit back stuff like that but like if you're not winning it is financially taxing you like you don't make enough back right to supplement yeah it's just like uh, a I don't know quote unquote hobby like, yeah yeah like I don't want to say it's like you're throwing away money but it's like <laughs> it's 
don't expect that money to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the end of the day, I think like a lot of things are drawing away money. Yeah. Like, I don't know. An example would be like me doing my podcast. It's like I'm technically throwing away money. Yeah. With buying like the equipments, the mics, the boom stand, whatever, boom arm. Yeah. But curious, like with all these sort of like financial goals that you have in mind, obviously like um, YouTube can be quite yes money demanding once again, financially demanding, financially taxing. Yeah. Do you see this affecting your YouTube quote-unquote career? Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, well, that's the thing as well because I thought about it. Um, definitely card games cost a lot more than YouTube, at least yeah. for me because I do at most once a month videos and sometimes they could be free <laughs> uh sometimes they could cost like like maybe 100 less than 100 double digits yeah. um but so how i think about it's like i'm doing 12 videos a year where not all the time it costs a lot of money mm. so i'm like yeah i can like afford that yeah like if so i had to guess reasonable at, expenses yeah, like if I had to like throw a guesstimate, right? I'd say at most, I'd spend like low four digits, maybe high three, mm. like at most in the year, right? Whereas with card games, it's it's easy four digits, like mm. easy four. Like I'd say like mid four if I had to guess. Okay. Yeah. So, and the thing with, um, yeah, I guess with YouTube as well, because a few of my videos, I try to do like um like a two birds one stone type of thing yeah. so it's like if i film a video i would want to I, I might be filming with a mate like for example with us right like in my video if you guys see um it's me making a video but also me just hanging out with you yeah yeah and we're just having so it's like a two two things that are happening at once mm. like it's not just like i'm making a video Video's done. I'm not hanging with that. Yeah. Like, really, I'm going really. home. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I'm hanging out with you and then the video is just extra. Yeah. It's like an activity we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's just like eating together. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, call me out for a dinner. Yeah. Same thing, right? Like, it's just like you're sharing an experience together and that's why it's yeah. memorable. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you go to a friend's house and it's like, oh, let's just watch a movie at your place or we'll just play like FIFA or like PlayStation at your place. It's like, well, I'm going to your place and we'll just make a video. Like a yeah. side thing, right? Mm -hmm. So... I guess that's a little bit of like copium for me, where it's like copium. Yeah, where it's like <laughs> I can justify doing the videos. Whereas with card games, it's like sure I'm playing with mates, but then the I guess it's not as cost efficient. I'd say, yeah, it is a bit tough. Um, but I think it's also a bit of a therapy thing here. But like, at least for me, because I am going into my thirties. I don't want to be that guy where it's like you're in your 30s playing card games with like early 20-year-olds type thing. Because mm. it's like, I, I know generally, right, everyone who's like nice, like quote-unquote nice, they'll be like, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, all like, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, Everyone will just naturally say that, right? You're on your own journey. Yeah, but it's like, as bad as it sounds, there is that slight stigma to it. It's like, say that, we're early 20s in uni, we're playing card games at a store. There'll be that one like mid 30 year old dude by himself type thing. I don't want to be that guy. As bad as it sounds, but it's like, it's just a stigma. No, that's fair, yeah. yeah. So, because I'm entering my 30s, like, okay. I don't want to like 
go to my local card game tournament and it was like high school it's everywhere or like early uni i'm like a decade older than them yeah so i'm like i mean there are people who are like that and like if i because right now my age right i'm on the younger side so when the older guys play i'm like yeah it's nothing wrong with that and it will probably be the same when i'm on the flip side but then it's just like oh it's just a natural stigma i guess to it yeah and i guess it's all like obviously speaking to be financially stable and to dive into these sort of like hobbies and activities would be way more enjoyable compared to knowing that it would somehow impact your journey towards uh, obtaining your goals. Yes. You know, there is this one question that my best mate William asked me before. He, because uh, we, we, we do talk a lot. I don't know why we, we, we so much. We talked a lot about personal finance. Yes. And we talk about money a lot as in this is a concept of money and like how we work towards it and what's the goal but his question was, um, how much is enough? Ooh. Oh, it is hard to say, right? Um, how I see is how much is enough. The generic answer is everyone's situation is different, right? Yeah, subjective. So yeah. like um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be like open about this. So it's me... Like I've me, my mom and my younger brother who lives together. Like we have an older sister, but she's like off on her own type thing, right? So it's me, my mom, younger brother, and younger brother's like high school, whereas mm-hmm. like I'm way past uni. <laughs> so and my mom's like, I won't say old, but like she doesn't have much of a. If she was to go into work, wouldn't be there for long, right? Um. So in my situation, I'm kind of like, I don't know, like the bread breadwinner, like mm. the, the one financially taking care of everyone mm. um, as best as I could type thing. So for me, what would be enough is if I can support my mom and my younger brother and myself. So it's like I'm viewing it as like a two-parter thing. So me, I want my net worth to be pretty in the positives. Mm. Um because we're like Australia, right? We have a thing called HEX or like student loans. Yeah. And that's a lot. It's like high, like low five digits, but it's like average. I'm not saying it's me. I'm saying average. <laughs> it's like 40K, right? Yeah. So say that you have nothing, your savings account, nothing, transaction account, you go to uni, your net worth's already neg 40K, right? Yeah. If you include HEX. A lot of people don't. I'm the type that do. Um, and then you've got car finance or car loan. If you want to save up for a mortgage. Your net worth is like in the negatives usually, right? So I want it to be in the positives for myself because mine's in the negative. Uh, so how I would view is enough where my personal net worth, I'm happy with. Um, in the positives, no debts, stuff like that, debt-free. Mm. Well, except for mortgage, right? But normal. Um, but outside of mortgage, no debts. Have a mortgage. I can pay the bills, stuff like that. I can do this by myself because I don't want to be that guy that like, has to rely on my mom to like yeah. help pay the bills, pay for mortgage, yeah. or have to rely on my brother who's like a decade younger than me mm. to be like, yo, bro, can you help me like afford this mortgage? <laughs> yeah, because I want to be yeah. supporting them. So I think, yeah, how I know where I'm set was like, I'm set for myself. So say hypothetically, I like, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Just make sure. Uh, so say hypothetically, if I fuck off, right, go on my own, I can support myself, I'm good. 
But if I bring them along with me, I can take care of them as well. Yeah. I think that's when, for me, I know I'm set. Um, and it's different. For, the reason why I say it's different for everyone because my mates, they're in relationships. So they have the other person they can supplement. Um, usually in relationships, they can have that quote unquote, like they can just fuck off. Like, mm. I don't say leave the family, sounds bad, but they can move out, right? They don't have to take care of their family. It's them and their partner. Yeah, they can leave the nest. Exactly. They can leave the nest and they're good. For me, I can't leave the nest because I'm single. I take the nest with me. So yeah, everyone's situation is different. So that's how I would view myself as that's when it's enough, where mm-hmm. I can take care of myself if need be. But if I can, if I bring them along, I can bring them along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a very well thought out answer. Really appreciate you breaking down and being so transparent. Mm. You know, genuinely do. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like upon you breaking it down, I've been reflecting a bit as well. I feel like, yeah, it's very subjective, very situational. It's different between what's enough for yourself and what's enough for you taking care of your family. Yeah. Yeah. Just feel like my, my money is a very interesting topic. I genuinely enjoy talking about it. I think yeah. it's um, something that we do talk a lot as well with one another, considering that we both work for a bank. Yes. Uh, you're, you're still currently working for a bank and we'll keep it anonymous. Uh, I mean, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. anyway, um, Speaking of personal finance, right? Like, do you have a structure to your personal finance? Or, Not asking you to <laughs> disclose your yeah. bank statement. <laughs> but uh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I do, obviously I'll say numbers, but I'll tell you what I do though. Um, you can use percentage, not numbers. Yeah, so I've... This is general speaking as well. Uh, so I have like three accounts. Uh, so one is like a normal spending account, you know, buy food, whatever, go out, stuff like yeah, that. Transaction Grocery, account. Yeah, just a regular transaction account. I have a secondary transaction account mm. where I'd keep a buffer. So like I have an X amount that's always in there where say my first transaction account, I don't have, say if um, I, I get flat tire, right? Yeah. And I need to buy a new tire. And there's not enough in my everyday account to cover it. The buffer account, that's when I use it to Mm. cover it. And then the third account I have is a savings account where it's like, you know, you earn interest on that. You chuck everything in there. You don't touch it. Um, So that's how I break it down. I have three accounts. So like normal account, emergency account, and savings account, all different institutions. Just because like, uh, I feel like if you have it in different institutions, you're less likely to kind of mix all three accounts together. What I mean by mix is like, say I ran out of money in my transaction account. If my savings account in the same is in the same institution, it's a lot easier just to transfer money, right? And that at that point, your savings account don't mean anything. It just it's a secondary transaction at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have in a different institute, because sometimes there's like a one to two day business buffer, right, mm-hmm. for it to transfer. So it's like it's that extra barrier of like, don't touch this yeah. type thing, right? Um, so yeah, so that's why I have like three accounts. Um, that's how I structure it. Obviously, like I always keep a buffer. Um, how do I break this down? So with my, we just use fake numbers, right? Yeah, like yeah. I guess my question is more so towards like, let's just say you receive... Let's just say fake numbers, like you mentioned. Let's say yeah. you get $1,000, right? Yeah. Do you immediately chuck 
a percentage of it to your savings or is it month by month? Like, do you have yeah. a structure to it? Because the reason why I'm asking is because I feel like I do not have a structure. Yeah. To me, it's very freestyle. Like, um, I feel like the way I control my spending is quite conscious where mm. I, I typically sort of like analyze and like try to reflect upon what I'll be spending on quite a few times until it's like perfectly justified and then I'll spend. Yeah. So that way it's sort of like, I can't tell it's like top bottom or bottom sub approach, but yeah. basically it's sort of like a different type of approach rather than like, oh, I got my salary. I'm going to chuck a chunk into my savings and go the other way around. Yes. But mine is towards like, oh, I'm not spending that much anyway. I know I'm very conscious. I'm quite, quite of a tight ass um, ever since I was young. But yeah, just wondering how you go about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll say fake numbers, right? Um, so say in my, we'll call it like emergency fund. So like the backup transaction. I will say I always have $1,000 in it, just in case. It's guaranteed no matter what. It doesn't go higher, it doesn't go lower. If it goes lower, I make sure I top that up first. That way it goes back to the base 1,000, right? Um, my So we'll call that account number two. So account number one is just the everyday spending account. Um, that's where my pay goes in. If my emergency fund is fine, transaction account, I just live my next two weeks. Say if you get paid fortnightly, you just live your next two weeks as per normal. Obviously, more times than not, you're not going to spend the whole paycheck, right? If you are, I mean, you're having a good fortnight. <laughs> um, but in theory, you shouldn't, right? Um, so how I do it, because I'm not a fan of budgeting because it just does my head in. Like, I'm not the type to budget. So how I do is, assuming I have the $1,000 in my second account, pay comes in the first account, live my two weeks as per normal. Um Obviously, I'm not going to spend the whole thing. At the end of the two weeks, so we'll say day 13. So day 14 is like the next pay, right? So day 13, I know I'm done. Tomorrow's my next pay. Whatever I didn't spend, like whatever's left over, I chuck that all in my savings account. So account number three, the one that I don't touch. Money goes in there. It's locked in there forever. Interest counts on that, right? That way it's like, a lot of like financial advice people, they'll be like, oh, you know, day one when you get paid, you transfer into the savings account mm. and then you spend whatever's left over. For me, I hate just potential. I, know, I can't budget. I can't do it. So for okay. me, I live my life normally. Whatever's left over, then I check the whole thing. That way I, every time the day before I get paid, my number one transaction account, it's always going to hit zero in the night. That way it refreshes every time. And cycle continues. So whatever's left over, chuck into account number three. If shit hits the fan, if I'm, if, I don't know, there's like a birthday party or something, you have to buy a gift. Oh, it's bad as it sounds. If you have to spend extra, right? Um, Like your fridge breaks down, microwave breaks down. That's where account number two comes in. As long as that's topped up. Yeah, just pretty much account number one goes straight into three. And that's kind of how I work it. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I think for me, I don't have that many rules when it comes to like personal finance, but to me, I think an emergency fund is crucial, 100%. Yes. It's like mandatory. And that rule is quite flexible because it's quite subjective. I don't specifically have a number, but to me, a safe amount would be, say you get fired tomorrow, Yes. right? And you can live six months on your emergency funds. I think that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. I think one year is... It's doable, you know, if you want extra security, but I think that's a, a relatively high number. 
Yeah, I typically just have my emergency funds in my savings account. Yeah. I think the rest I'm free to invest. So I guess it's a good segue as well. Just curious if you have like any, if you've made any investments or if you have any plans to make any investments. Yeah. Um. So I started investing a couple years ago, but just like uh, ETFs. Yeah, I remember um, we had a conversation. Yeah, so just mainly doing ETFs. I feel like that's a very like entry level, easy to get into. It's safe, of course. Um, although I haven't been investing as much as I should. Like, of course, there's a the whole compound interest. You do it when you're younger, it's better yeah, off yeah. when you're older type thing. But how I see it is, at least for me, how I see where money should go priority-wise, um, it should be like from the ground up, right? It will be like, have money in your transaction account. Obviously, like don't leave like paycheck, paycheck. Have like mm-hmm. your foundation, right? And then have the emergency fund in your savings account, right? Yeah. Build that up. So like you're building your own capital. And then when, after you're set with that, then if you have like excess money, mm-hmm. um, then you chuck into investing and stuff like that, build that up. And then, yeah, people go into like crypto or like uh, real estate investment. I'm like, that's like, we'll say like transaction accounts, number one priority, savings account, number two, investing, number three, and crypto, real estate, four, five, right? Well, what if every, the more volatile investments? Yeah. yeah, that should go later than the line. Yeah. So you should have like your foundation first. Um, where I'm at now, I feel like my foundation's all right, but I would prefer it to be better before I go more into the investing side. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I have a little bit of investing, but, like, after doing that, I, I'm i like, okay, I'm kind of happy with where I'm at with investing, mm. where I want to build up more of the capital, so, like, the transaction account, the savings account. Build that up a bit more, and then, you know, like, have a better ratio. Like, a, yeah. for example, like, you know, 80-20 or, like, whatever, right? Um, so just build them up first. Because, again, one of the things is, like, I do want to save up for a mortgage, yeah. like a house, right? And for a house, it should go into, like, or how I see it, at least. I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor. But, like, you should have capital. And how I say capital is, like, transaction account and savings account. Build that up. So pretty much when that's at a point where I can save up for a mortgage, then I'm pretty good to, like, go into the other stuff, like the crypto and stuff. Obviously... There's going to be people, and I can already hear this, where it's like, oh, you should chuck in Bitcoin and stuff like that because yeah. you'll get more increase and then you can sell that and stuff like that. But I'm yeah. like, It's like the, I remember there's this argument that uh, the inflation is faster than your savings account rate or whatever. Yeah. You think that if you're keeping your money in your savings account, you're technically losing money yeah. bit by bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the thing how I see as well is um, with investing, so we'll say the more volatile, so like Bitcoin and Real estate investing, right? Crypto, yeah. You have to have already a large chunk to be able to get into it. So say if you want to invest in a Bitcoin, for example, right? Like a really bad example. But like if you want to invest in a Bitcoin, it could be like 50K for a coin, right? Well, where are you going to get the 50K to invest in Bitcoin? You're going to have to build it from your transaction account and savings account mm-hmm. first. Build that up until you have like, for example, the 50K to then transition to Bitcoin. You can't just jump straight into it. But the thing is that, okay, uh, just one thing just to call mm. you out there. I yeah. wouldn't say call you out, but just like stop you there. But like the thing with crypto is, look, I'm not um, advocating for crypto, 
but I just want to fact check that you can buy parts of crypto, meaning that you don't have yeah. to buy the whole coin. Um, let's just say you have hundred dollars, you can definitely invest just like hundred dollars into um, crypto or whatever. But I guess a rule of thumb for me is always like, don't invest what you're not willing to lose. Yes. To me, it's like anything that I invest, in all honesty, people might say that, yeah, he's making excuses or like this is just like, you know, what you say, but you don't preach yes. or you, you don't practice. But I everything that I invest, I'm not expecting anything back. Yes. So 100%. anything back that I get back is a bonus to me. Yeah. I feel like that's a very healthy mindset to go into because when I first started investing, you know, when we first started working at the bank, I was... Oh, I was obsessed. Yeah. Uh, it was like a compulsive behavior where I was just checking the stock market every second. Yeah. Crypto every second. And I think that was really bad for my mental health because nothing's changing much. I mean, even if things are changing, I'm not cashing out anyway. Yeah. Because for me, when I invest it's long-term investments, it's like minimum 10 to 20, 30 years. Mm. So whatever I chuck in right now, I'm going to check like 30 years later. Yeah. When well, I'm closer to retirement. Yeah, I think... Yeah, you, you like you banged it, like you got Australian, like pretty much you worded it better how I said it, where it's like like the reason why I say I want to focus on like capital is like transaction account, savings account first, and mm-hmm. then it get into the investment like stocks, retail, uh no uh real estate. Real estate, yeah. And Bitcoin. Cause like as you mentioned, like with the investing side of things, that's kind of like throwaway money, right? Like yeah. you should be willing to lose it. So that's why I'm like you build up the transaction account, savings account first because you at least if you lose the crypto, you still have that to fall back on. So where I'm at with life is like, I want to build that up first. And then that way, when I've like, fuck off money, right? I can like <laughs> throw, I don't want to say throw it away, but like pretty much if I lose it, I'm not too fast because I still have a nest. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, the way you were, it was like strong. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess I'm just a little bit mindful of time as well. So I'd like to, you know, quickly segue to our final topic. And, uh, yeah. you know, considering that you are a YouTuber slash content creator, <laughs> um, there is no podcast episode uh, without us talking about it. So I guess one very simple question is what got you into YouTube? Or oh, um, hang out with my mates. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to make it sound cheesy or anything, but like, it's one of those things where like when you hang out with your mates all the time, um, sometimes crazy stuff could happen, right? And then when crazy stuff happens, you're always like, oh man, I wish I got that on camera. I wish someone was recording stuff like that. And it got to a point where it's like, why don't I just record? And if something crazy happens, we're going to be like, no way. That was like, remember when that happened? And it was during the time where uh, my mates and I will go into like Gold Coast. So like movie world. Sea World, Went Wild, all the theme parks, Dream World. I'm like, damn, it's actually like pretty cool. Like we don't do this all the time. I would view it as like a crazy trip, like a fun trip, like a not everyday thing, right? Might as well film it, capture the crazy moments. And then that way, like when we look back, we're like, oh man, remember how sick that trip was? Um, So I just, yeah, we started doing that. Um, What really like, kicked off my channel was one of the early videos was when I went to Japan and I'm like damn like I can write stuff down on a diary I can take as many photos as I want but when I'm old I'm gonna forget stuff naturally right mm. so it's like I want to have like a video diary where I can look back and be like oh man that was sick mm. like that's what Japan looks like yeah you know um, so it's not only to capture the crazy moments hanging out with my mates because stuff could happen. But it's also like a video diary, just a personal video diary for 
me or even my mates can look back on and be like, damn, that was sick. Because um, I'm a very visual person as well. Mm. So it's just cool having like, yeah, video diary to look back on. Um, and I guess it's just fun as well. Just to like have a hobby because I'm not, I don't want to say I'm extroverted. So it's like having myself, like filming myself, it's forcing me kind of like out of my shell where, yeah, it's forcing me to be like a bit more extroverted, like more comfortable with myself, like public speaking and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I think it's just like a good personal growth thing as well. Yeah. yeah. When I guess with that as well, I do have to probe a little bit further. What's one like significant growth that you have identified through your YouTube oh. journey? I feel like I've taken more in charge with things where, because like when, when I'm filming my videos, right? I'm like, I'm like the captain of the video, right? Yeah. Like I'm the ones like, all right, this is how the frame's going to look like. This is the setup. This is what we're going to do. The director. Yeah, I'm the director, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly that. Like I'm the director, right? <laughs> so if I'm filming with mates, they're following my lead. Right, I'm the one calling the shots and stuff like that, right? Or filming, say, if, if we film public, like a couple of my Japan videos, Long I'm the one long. holding the camera. Like, I'm like, I don't want to say center of attention, but like, yeah, I'm the focus where like I'm the main character, I guess. Um, whereas like before doing the video stuff, I'll just be more like, I don't want to say like a side character, but like if my mates are like, oh, you know, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever, right? But now... I feel like I'm the one that's being like, okay, let's do this. And they're like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Or like, I don't say help me find my voice. That's a bit cliche or cheesy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I'm, have you heard the term like wallflower? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So I'm le- less of a wallflower, I'll say. Okay. Yeah. And more like front center, like I'm happy to like voice my opinion, like, yeah, like I guess more taking charge. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it did help you. It did provide more control upon yourself, uh, yeah. in, like in your life. And it sounds like it somehow made you more comfortable being who you are. Yes. Okay, in your own skin. Yeah. You get what I mean? That's good. I, I think it was a very surreal experience recording my first yeah. um, YouTube video review. Um, for y'all listening, if you <laughs> haven't, uh, if you still don't know, um, we've recorded a podcast, <laughs> sorry, a podcast, a yeah. YouTube episode. Uh, saying, would you like to oh. <laughs> tell them all about it? It was a fun video. It was a first for me as well. Um, we just walked around and got a lot of milk teas from different places, <laughs> like uh, Gongcha, Cha Time, a couple others that you could see in the video. Yep. Uh, and we just did a comparison on you know, which one we enjoyed more, like a tier list type style. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, yeah, your first video where like... Yeah. You, your face is on cam. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Was it different? I was definitely very self-conscious. And I think like, as you know, um, I probably started doing podcasts because of the fact that it's, like I say, simpler. Yes. To put my voice out there. I feel like with a YouTube video, there's so much more aspects that I need to control. And you know that I'm a control freak. Yes. I'm quite of a perfectionist. I want everything to be, you know, up to my standard. Yes. And I feel like I would crash before even starting. But... Just a bit of a fun fact. Uh, one of the resolutions that I had for this year yeah. is to actually 
be involved in a YouTube video. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess credits to you, you know, thank you for <laughs> helping me check um, yeah. that to-do list off for this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's big. It's big. It's actually one of my major goals for Luhai trips, as in for my yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's so, definitely like a huge step forward. Because like, like obviously everyone makes videos nowadays, but like even saying everyone makes videos, not everyone makes videos. Because mm. it's like, it's always, I feel like that first step is the hardest. Yeah, 100%. Um, where I guess anyone who's listening, if, if you feel like, yeah, I don't sound preachy, but it's like, if you're ever worried about like, oh yeah, I want to start a podcast, but I'm like, ah, oh, I'm too, too shy or like make a video, like just do it. Because like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like two people view it. Okay. So you could look like an idiot in front of two people. That's it, right? It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. But if everyone, it could bang and can have like a thousand people watch it. And it's like, well, that means you're killing it. You're doing a good job. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, and then it's like a personal diary anyway, personal journal. Yeah. Like you're just tracking your own progress. For yeah. me, that's like the way I view my podcast, how I sounded from my first episode until today. Yes. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, so huge step for you doing it. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not saying this just because we're mates or like I'm on your show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like you came off very natural. Like it, it didn't feel like it was your first time. What, YouTube? Yeah, like when we were filming oh, mine. Okay. It felt. Like, yeah, we just did one take for everything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't have to do ratio because, like, like you were stumbling across your words or you're stuffing up or, like, yeah, you yeah. sneeze randomly or whatever. Um, so I think it turned out very natural, very chill. Mm. I think you killed it, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I think I'm just very self-critical. Like, mm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think I'm just way too self-critical in everything I do. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was surreal. Go check it out. <laughs> it's on Sang's uh, YouTube channel. Um, links in the description. Yes. 100%. But uh, yeah, once again, Sang, just a little bit mindful of time. It's an absolute pleasure having you here on this episode. Definitely the first, but not the last. Yes. So looking forward to our next episodes together. Um, yeah, I guess the floor is yours. Take the stage. I know. Um, obviously, thanks for having me. Of course, we've been talking about this for ages. Yeah. Since like when you first started this channel, I'm like, wow. Like, I always wanted to do a podcast. I don't want to do it on my channel. <laughs> it's not my... Oh, I want to do it, but I feel like it's not my thing to do it. But okay. I want to be part of it somehow. So I'm very cool. I'm very honored. This is my first one as well. I had a fun time. Um, I know we we're just like waffling on quite a bit. But it's just like, I guess it's a style of podcast, right? Just having natural conversation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Having a good time. It felt normal. Mm. It's chill. I had a good time. It's supposed to be a conversation. I, I think it's exactly like you mentioned with the YouTube video, mm. which is like, yeah, it's just two mates having an experience and there's just a random camera right there. Yeah. It's just a random mic. Just in, in one person this. watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I had a fun time. So yeah, yeah they're definitely first of many, I'd say. Mm. So I'm looking forward to coming back on. 100%. Yeah. Hope you guys are listening. Had a good time. Yeah. Mm. Took something away or maybe, uh, yeah, you guys can comment, I guess. <laughs> plug, you plug your YouTube account. Yeah, uh, yeah. so my YouTube is EaseClicks, so E-A-S-E space uh, C-L-I-C-K-S. A lot just of, check the link in the description. <laughs> yeah, so the thing is, it's EaseClicks. A lot of people call it Easy Clicks. But I'm like, what's the point? Like, the word easy is like E-A-S-Y. Sorry, yeah. a bit of a rant. Yeah. But easy is E-A-S-Y. So what, why would I spell it E-A-S-E if you're going to say easy? Uh, yeah. It's just a pet peeve, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, but thanks again for having me on 
Wait, wait, one final question. Yes. Curious. Uh, why is clicks? Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, so the reason why it's called East Clicks is because my main group of mates, like, like the bros, um, we use the word ease quite a lot. So, like, you know how people say Kobe when they land like a three pointer? Yeah, Kobe. We say ease when, like, if you land a three pointer, like ease or like, yeah. I don't know, you, when you're winning, right? Like, when you're doing something that's like you killed it, yeah. it's called ease. Like, for example, I'm playing chess. Yep. Checkmate, it's like, oh, ease, nice. <laughs> or like, you score a goal in FIFA, it's like, oh, ease, right? Yeah. So, we, our, yeah, I guess catchphrase is ease. Yeah, nice. Um, so, I'm like, oh, okay, ease. And then second, I don't know, clicks. I don't know, it just sounds cool, I guess. There's not much to it, really. Uh, yeah, it just sounds cool, like clicks. I'm like, yeah, I'm making videos, clicks. Um, I low-key wanted it to be like, have you ever heard of Face Clan? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's like they have Face Clan, right? And then all their members are like, for example, Phase Banks or uh, Phase Blazekin or Phase Rugs, stuff like that. Phase yeah. Same. Yeah, so I wanted to be like Ease Clicks and then Ease Whatever, Ease Whatever. Yeah. So I guess like, I want to say inspiration, copying, I guess. Okay, that's your clan um, name. But same, yeah, so Ease is like kind of like the clanish name. Okay. And then Clicks is like my personal thing. Okay. So if they ever wanted to hop on board and make their own videos, I don't think they would, but like if they would do, they could go like Ease Blank, right? And then. Yeah, I guess that's the origin of my name. Very cool. Yeah. Very good. Thank you for sharing. I feel like it's always uh, an interesting journey to see how some projects get started. Yeah. But yeah, um, once again, Tang, thank you for hopping onto this podcast episode. Um, as we said, you know, the first 100%, not the last. And yeah, any um, final words or any tips or tricks or advice that you'd like to provide to the listeners before we wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, so first I'll say thanks for listening. Uh, for all those guys who are still listening now, props, because we've been waffling for a bit. Yeah, um, an hour. Just a quick advice for like anyone who wants to get started. For me, it's like as, I don't want to say easy as it sounds, but it's just one of those things of like, just do it. Because like, you don't have to have like the most expensive camera, the craziest setup. Film with your phone even, you know, just make a, that's, that, honestly, that's why I started filming with my iPhone. Make videos for fun. You, know, you don't have to put it on public as well. You can private it where only people who have the link to the video can view it. So if you want, you can start off easy. That's what, honestly, that's what I did. I started off private, send the link to my mates. They had a good time watching. I'm like, okay, cool. And you just kind of work yourself up to mm. it. Yeah. So just, if you ever feel shy, I'd say just do it, make it private, hide it. And then naturally you will just feel more confident. Yeah. yeah. Gotta start somewhere. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Gotta start yeah. somewhere. All right, with that, uh, thank you all for listening. You know, really appreciate you uh, tuning in all the way to here. Stay high, stay low, stay safe. This is Aaron. And this is Sang. <laughs> thank you for listening. All right, you guys have a good one. See ya. Bye.